Hello, everybody, and welcome to Typhoon Talks, a podcast by Typhoon Consulting, a boutique management consultancy headquartered in Hong Kong. My name is Michael Grady. I am a consultant here with the firm, here with my co-host, Chen Yang. Welcome, Chen. Hello, everyone. Today, we're going to be carrying on a series that we started a few months ago regarding human capital management and uh, human capital management tools, and specifically um, the tool that, that Typhoon Group uses very widely, the Predictive Index, here with um, our resident expert, Arthur Lee. Welcome, Arthur. Hello, everyone. It's great to be back. So on today's episode, yeah, it's the, it's the second episode in the series. We're going to be talking about how to use the, the, the PI specifically in the hiring and selection process throughout the entire kind of lifespan of your, of your company's recruiting and how it can be a, a valuable tool. So Chen's going to start us off. Right. So in the first episode, you talk about uh, PI as a workplace tool and its importance to the workplace from hiring and selection to performance management to even retirement. So um, today we're going to focus on this very first stage of hiring and selection. Can you first tell us a little bit about the traditional input to hiring and selection process? and What's it like? Great. Thanks, Jen. It's good to be back. And um, I guess we got some really good feedback from the previous episode. Uh, the key question that came up was, how could you use these type of assessment tools in the hiring and selection process? And I think the question that a lot of our listeners are waiting for is, can it be used as a screening tool? So there's no right or wrong answer, and I guess we'll explore that in, in, the, in this following session. But firstly, traditional recruitment techniques. Uh, I think a lot of people have experienced that either being as a candidate or in a line manager role or for those who work in, in human resources as part of the interview screening process. So traditional screening processes include your face-to-face -face interview. It could include some level of uh, assessment. It could be a written assessment, a case study, uh, then you've got psychometric and cognitive assessments, which could come in the form of uh, time tests, as well as structured questioning, whether they be verbal, written, or arithmetic. Uh, on top of that, then you've got the uh, personality or psychometric assessments here. So a lot of tools are available. I think the first challenge for a lot of organizations is under the right sequencing and to understand the purpose of each of these recruitment tools as part of your ongoing selection and how the criteria actually works. So for example, what is the pass or, or failure that's associated with each stage and is it a filtering or is it an input into each stage? In most service organisations, so the clients that we work for, Normally it's a knockout stage, so you may have a face-to-face -face interview followed by some level of structured assessment, followed by a second round of interviews before making a decision. For other non-service-based organisations where you're typically dealing with uh, a high volume from the start, you may want to start with the knockout phases, so uh, assessments first before proceeding with the interview. I think the key thing is understanding uh, what is the purpose of your, your hiring? Are you shooting for quantity first and then filtering? Or are you going to go for a more tighter pipeline and then manage these people towards onboarding? Okay, so what are the problems of using these traditional methods to hire? 
That's a good question, Chance. So let's take it from a commercial perspective. There's actually a very significant cost to a bad hire. So we've all experienced uh, candidates um, where they've got through the process but may not have ended up to be a good fit for the requirement and the role. So let's look at the, the cost, the, the time materials uh, associated with the actual hiring. So placing the job ad, involving the people in the hiring, that's the most obvious cost. The foregoing period during the uh, probation period and the salary that had to be paid for tenure of that um, bad hire. The additional loading bonuses and provision for that employee. And if that employee is involved in a client-facing role or sales, all the lost sales and revenue that could have been associated with that in person. So it can actually be quite crippling for a business, for a for a bad hire. It's not just the time to do that. And for each successive bad hire, it compounds to the business. And ultimately, it means that uh, without the right people in your organisation, you actually get distracted and diverge from the business case and the business objectives you may have set yourself for that year. So, right, mm. yeah. And also, um, in those cases, it will be um, a time cost for the candidates as well. And, you know, we have Glassdoor these days, so people can write whatever they want about the company, and it will, eventually it will be a damage to the company reputation as well. That's right, Shen. I think uh, we are now entering a phase or a cycle in the labour market where the candidates have equal power um, yeah. to, the, to the hiring managers. So, like you said, the experience that they go through during the hiring selection is actually an input to your enterprise brand. So, there's a vested interest for organisations and hiring managers to do a good job. Whether or not the candidate is a right fit, that is actually a separate uh, question. Right. I think one of the one of the things that's great specifically and unique about the PI is specifically like we were talking about Glassdoor. Um, and at a lot of firms, just speaking from personal experience, um, it, certain tests or psychometric evaluations can be used as kind of a, a screening tool just having it on the job description in general. Like I know uh, if I were interviewing for a bank and they had a math test or something, people can write in onto the Glassdoor page in the reviews or the interview reviews. Um, that it's hard, that it's easy. I think one of the good things with the PI is that, like you said earlier, Arthur, is that there isn't really a right and wrong answer. Um, it's more of like, let's see how you fit. Um, so there's not really like a pass and fail to it, um, which I think is, is very interesting. And it might be a little bit more sort of welcoming or, you know, um, easier to stomach for some candidates that are nervous about a, a job interview or, you know, the application process. Um, and but, that's definitely yeah. correct, uh, Michael, because for a lot of candidates, and I think uh, no fault to them, is they may get apprehensive or afraid when they're asked to conduct a test. So the onus is actually on the organisation to provide enough transparency around the purpose of this test, like any interview tool. So the purpose of this interview, uh, the purpose of certain case studies and assessments, it's about the organisation trying to better understand candidate to understand if they have a good fit for the role. So organisations which are very mature and have a very clear and articulate way of describing what the outcome would be, um, is seen, I, uh, it's a good sign for candidates. For those who are quite reserved or quite defensive, actually that's an indicator of 
does this organisation really know what they're doing and what um, they're using this tool for? And that's mm. all part of that. And you can get Glassdoor and other forms of feedback to assess that without getting any nasty surprises. Sure. So I know that uh, at Typhoon, we've been using PI in the hiring process. Can you tell us a bit about how PI can be used as an enabler in this process? Yep, sure thing, Chance. So I think today I'll describe the three parts of the hiring and selection process in which the PI can be used uh, most efficiently. First part actually starts with job design. So before even we consider the candidate, we look at the role that's required. So in a typical consulting firm, we're looking for consultants. Uh, consultants require high level of strategic thinking, the ability to uh, work and work in a technical environment. So I call think high but dive in low. Uh, variety of work, high paced environment, uh, ability to connect with stakeholders very easily adopt a level of flexibility required to do work, but adhere to the disciplines of, of frameworks and structures and processes required for their role. So it's quite a complex job description, I would say, but the PI can actually help us define the uh, predictive requirements that would be successful for that candidate. So you can use the PI to create certain job patterns uh, they fall in particular families, so you can have people who are on the analytical spectrum, uh, more social relationship building patterns, what we call stabilising patterns, so where there's a high-paced environment, people who can bring stability to a team. Um, so, so there's a lot of nuances there, and we can save that for, I guess, another topic just on the patterns themselves. The key here is based on those patterns, you can actually incorporate certain languages into your job ad. So for example, if we're looking for uh, people who need to be proactive, you can inject sentences like uh, the opportunities to work in a fast-paced environment, uh, the ab ability to acquire new skills and learn new things, manage multiple priorities. So we can inject certain phrases which have been scientifically validated into the job description which can help attract certain candidates. So I think that's the yeah. first part. The second part is then actually using the PI tool, as we said, as part of the uh, recruitment process. So we can introduce this to candidates as they submit their CV in or after the first round interview. At, at Typhoon, we normally like to have the first round interview first and then introduce the PI. We find that to be uh, fit for our purpose. And it becomes an input to, uh, I guess, the selection process. So at Typhoon for our more um, junior hires, so those who have less work experience, we will have a greater alliance on the PI. Simply put, because our candidates have less of a portfolio of experiences, so we would take their personality fit and what drives them and motivates them as a key input. For our more senior hires, they have much more years of experience, they probably bring a business case to the table, so that will probably have a higher weighting to, I guess, the, the personality type. It's still an input, but we at Typhoon have uh, a gradient for where we put the weighting for the PI. And that will vary between very different organisations, and that's, as part of our consulting work, is what we recommend and advise to our clients as well. Is there a particular personality type that fits a consult consultant work? Uh, yes. So, Chen, we found that for the work we do in Typhoon, so we have our three divisions, which are Typhoon Consulting, Typhoon Research, and Typhoon Capital. 
we do have a bias for people who are on the proactive dimension, uh, being that normally our clients are looking for people who can take lead and responsibility and blend into the team. That is a, a unique uh, value proposition of Typhoon. I think uh, from the feedback, we're looking for people who have a challenger personality as well. Uh, challenger being those who are comfortable with risk, a bit more independent, uh, venturesome, willing to uh, challenge the status quo in a very scientific manner. So it is the scientific professional of using hypothesis testing, understanding uh, points of data, and then challenging the status quo and not accepting that. I think that's quite important, especially for our research division where we're looking at certain mega trends and we don't want to just be uh, a media commentary outlet. It's actually having a particular point of view. And I guess finally, from a people orientation perspective, we still mainly work uh, with strong bias for service organisations. So the ability to connect with uh, very senior stakeholders to the people who are working uh, at the implementation level, whether they be third parties or vendors, is very important. So for Typhoon, at least, we have a very clear view as a boutique consultancy, the people we're looking for. Right. Um, I remember last time you said that PI can only serve as um, a tool to, for us to learn part of the person, but not everything about him or her. So how to get a 360 view, 60 degree view of the person? Ah, good question, Shen. So this is where I think there's still a lot of debate in the academic world and commercial world as well. Um, let, let's talk a bit about as part of the screening process. So the question was previously, do we use the PI or these tools as a screening? And my answer is, it depends. So if we are looking for people uh, where we know our candidate pool is small and we need to find as much information about them as possible, then we should use the PI as an input. Normally, these psychometric assessments are deemed 20% of the whole person, the remaining being your value system, your education, um, your work experiences to date, yeah. as well as your cognitive ability, which make up the remaining 80%. Um, studies have shown a bit of a variety, but cognitive takes around 20 to 25 experiences, the large bulk up to maybe 40 to 50. Um, but if you're working in a large organisation, and uh, a case study is mainly in, in, in China and the United States, where mainly in uh, retail as well, so when you've got a large uh, workforce, so mainly sales associates or those who have a physical presence, you may have to do bulk hiring of a lot of candidates. And the way you manage these candidates is through, say, uh, shop or branch managers. Again, it actually makes more commercial sense for an organisation to use that as a screening tool to use a standardised assessment because you're actually spreading your hiring managers across many, many people. So when we're talking in the, uh, the numbers of hundreds and you're talking about batches of up to a thousand people, the scalability becomes important. So that's where screening would be much more important for these organisations. Coming back to the 360 view now, is once we do have a candidate on board and we do have the PI, that's not the end of the journey. The PI then becomes a feeder for their professional development, as well as how we position them uh, as a potential high performer in the organisation. So the 360 view is important. So for someone who comes in at, say, a manager level, they will have direct reports reporting to them. 
at Typhoon and what we recommend for clients is to keep this tool as transparent as possible. Those who will be reporting to the new manager should have a view of this pattern because they will know how to manage upwards for this uh, new candidate. Likewise, for someone who's coming in and you're receiving a new direct report, it's important to understand the motivational levers and drivers of this individual so you can get the best output from them. We also recommend this for organisations that have suppliers and vendors, so you know from a business perspective how to best interact with these individuals, and hence the 360 view. Mm. Right, so um, I think we've talked a lot about the importance of PI in hiring and selection, um, and w what are we going to see next time in the next episode? Sure, so Chen, I think uh, today we've talked a bit about hiring and selection and how the PI tool can be used to attract candidates to be used as whether it be a screen tool or an additional input in the interview process. I guess the, the, the major trend at the moment is how are these tools used to identify strengths and potential opportunities for development for uh, candidates or now employees. Uh, a big debate at the moment is there's so many tools available in the market uh, as I think last episode I mentioned the Myers-Briggs, there's the DISC model, the Herman Brain Dominance model, um, there's ones which are used in the world of academia, it's called the Strengths Finder. So, I think there's two questions here. For HR, how do you then use this tool as part of the performance development and performance management process? That's number one. But more importantly, for the, the manager themselves, how much can they then use the tool as part of their ongoing daily conversations with their uh, direct reports and use that as part of the, the coaching process as well? Now, the PI has a lot of tools and templates for that, and I think based on audience feedback, we will cover those in a bit more detail. Great. Yeah, uh, fantastic information as, as usual, Arthur. Um, so yeah, we're gonna keep, we're gonna keep uh, bringing on this series for probably a few more episodes to give you guys the most holistic view of how to use the PI in, uh, in your organization and ecosystem generally. So that's all the time we have now. Follow us on Twitter, at Typhoon Buzz. Follow us on Facebook. Tune into our SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash Typhoon Talks, and tune into our website as well for our other POVs, research content, and our podcast library, uh, typhoonconsulting.com. Thanks. See ya. Bye. Thank you. Bye.